Welcome to Podmon Adventure Zero Two, the podcast where, after a hard day of looting and pillaging, there's no greater city than Gomorrah, except maybe Sodom. Okay. Now I see it. What? 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 What do you see? I think I see it. Is it year one? Is it Jack Black movies? Is it? <laughs> no. <laughs> Is uh, it Ruby? What? Is it Ruby? No. Did they have a no. city named? Uh. Um, Is it Bible shit? N- no. <laughs> I, I just at what point do you want me to to like uh, to cl- relieve to me cl- from this abuse? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it feels like that's like part I'm of not the even close. Part I, of the bit at this point yeah. is like you scrambling to figure out what <laughs> is no, going that's fine. on. I, uh, that's fine. I don't mind. I like I like the mystery in life, you know. <laughs> uh, today we are watching episode uh, sixteen of Digimon Adventure Zero Two, episode seventy of the franchise, twenty thousand Digi Leagues Under the Sea. Nolan, tell me about Jules Verne. Uh, Jules Verne uh, is kind of Jules Digi Verne, sort of one of the progenitors of science fiction. Um, he had this really cool idea that to get to space, instead of, uh, you know, like using propulsion to like escape Earth's gravity, mm-hmm. that you would uh, sort of like slingshot yourself by diving into the ocean as as uh, fast as possible. Right. And then, yeah. That, make, that makes sense. Isn't that neat? Yeah. You <laughs> sort of using like, I think it's like either the surface tension or there's like some kind of portal or some shit happens. I can't remember how actually that would fling you. Or it's like, no, you go out into space because you're going so far through the ocean that you end up like through the earth. And right. Then, yeah. Um, wild shit. Yeah. Um, have you have you read any of that shit? No, not really. Okay. Um, a steampunk is kind of a uh, yeah. Uh, uh, child of his mind. <laughs> <laughs> One of his mind children. Mind children. Oh, that's a fucking band name. Yeah. <laughs> um. Um. Yeah. No. Other than that, uh, Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea is a story about uh, basically a captain, Captain Nemo, and his time under the sea, <laughs> which is weird because like the they're describing distance when they talk about uh. 20,000 leagues under the sea because mm-hmm. you couldn't actually go that deep into the ocean. And so um, that's the distance that the the Nautilus travels throughout right. their adventures. Um, just an awesome, like a, one of, like a pure tale of adventure, like a one of those things. It's like right. if there was less subtext in Moby Dick. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> like tremendously less subtext in Moby Dick than Moby Dick, rather. Um... So, and this is an unfair question to ask because I don't have an answer for this, but we are, so we are a couple months now, or just over a month or so, into um, the 2024th year of our Lord. Mm. Um, What off the top of your head was your favorite piece of media that you engaged with for the first time in the year of our Lord last year. Of of last year. Yeah. Of a new thing that like, came out that it year? It doesn't have to be a thing that came out that year, but that you engaged with for the first time. That you, like, w- either new or new to you. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Um, uh, the first thing that's coming to mind is Barbie, just because we were just talking about that. Mm-hmm. Um, that was good. Um, it didn't, like, blow my mind, but I, like... Knowing that that was like a huge piece of media that did really well, right, is auspicious, you know. Yeah, um, kind of. I, I don't know if it like, you know, because now that I think about it, like the things that are the most popular, are like imperialist propaganda about yeah. destroying the like third world. But uh, <laughs> um, in terms of like media that I enjoyed, uh, do you know a game called Inscription? I think it came out last year. Um, I mean, if if you played it last year, then it counts. Yeah, it does. But um, actually, it didn't play it until January, so this might be a, a <laughs> bad uh, <laughs> way to 
describe this. Okay, it it came out in 2021. Does this count? Because I played it <laughs> this month. Yeah, yeah sure. All right, fine. We'll count it. Fuck it. All right. Uh, yeah. No, it's uh, it's badass. It is um, one of the most impressive uses of uh, uh, s- uh, 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 is Ludo narrative the right way to put this? Because like the the character that you're playing. No, I guess it's not because the there there's a structured narrative, but it's like it's it, the immersion, the level of immersion that you feel in this narrative because it places you basically in the first person perspective of a person playing a card game, mm-hmm. and it is like a you know it's like a, a game of death basically, right? With this this being that you you're just in this cabin playing this card game with this like horrific creature and. The mystery reveals itself, you know, completely diegetically. You learn from the first perspective of this guy, this uh, Luke character who has like a, uh, uh, like a, a card unpacking uh, uh, YouTube series mm-hmm. that he that he does for his living, and comes across this, you know, uh, this mythic game, and a bunch of like really neat uh, sort of Lovecraftian world building ensues, mm-hmm. like within the the content of the the game's code and just the world that it exists in. Um, it, it just in a way that like really, really turned me on. It really made uh, uh, a lot of sense and it combined a lot of uh, gaming concepts together in just a very unique and very fun way to play. Like it's basically three different games. Um, well, four if you count this one section at the very end, but the it, it reinterprets this card game throughout four different like styles of gameplay mm-hmm. and um it's it's super fun like it's one of those like games where like uh you wouldn't expect it to ha- be that like engrossing but like you go over to a friend's house and you play it for an evening and then you like are like chomping at the bit to do it again you know um uh, yeah rad rad shit that is rad shit yeah again i <sighs> I asked that question, why, I don't know, because I don't know what I would, <coughs> what I would s- say. I, I, I think on the Barbie level, I would probably have to say, um, like, a, just like a mass cultural consumption thing. I, <coughs> part of me would say, um, Across the Spider-Verse. Yeah, that was really fucking good. That was really, really fucking good and manages to take what was, like, already, like, a very compelling artistically uh, piece of media and actually push it even further of what it's capable of of doing. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, But also, honestly, and... I would s- I, it's weird to say because it got hated on so much, but I genuinely really enjoyed the Marvels. Uh, really? Yes. Like I, at because it is because it's just mostly just light-hearted fun. It reminds me. It reminded me a lot of a Phase One Marvel movie like it's not as uh heavy burdened by all of the like all the weight of everything that's been piled on top of that franchise for the last like 10 years especially like post endgame like it's it doesn't take itself too too seriously um the character dynamics are fun i think that Three is a good is a good number for a like a team up movie. You can focus on all the characters. There's a uh well, there's actually um to get back to the conversation uh pregame last week. There's a a boy genius interview where they talk about like being th- being three and like the strength of that structure. That there's never two conversations going on at once. You know, like, if you have a band with four people, it is easy to split up into camps. 
Mm-hmm. But like when there's three of you, you're at least over half of the people are in a conversation at any given time. And, you know, <laughs> so like, and it'll, and if there ever is someone outside of it, they are able, like, you can exist on your, like, on your own independently and not just like devolve into camps. So, like, three people, whether we're talking about a band or lead characters in a movie, I think is, is a stronger structure because there's always a tiebreaker. There's always, like, it's never just like, you know, it's just two uh, two people rubbing against each against each other. <laughs> a lot um, of the movies I've seen have been like that, right? Yeah, <laughs> but it's al- it's always more interesting with a third in there, um, <laughs> especially in those kinds of movies. <laughs> but um, but at a, a deeper level than that, man, that is hard to say. Largely because I can't remember all the things that I fucking watched or the games that I played. Yeah. This is a question you posed as well. I know. I thought you I know, had something I, loaded up for this. Yeah, I know. That's why I said it's not fair of me to ask to ask this of you. Oh, all right. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, but, hmm. What did I... What was even... What was even? What was even last, last year? Um, I know. I was having this issue, too, where it's like time is flattened down a little right. bit. And so... Don't think that any of the things that I liked from 2023 were because they were in 2023. Oh, of course not. You know Be- what I mean? Yeah. No. Um, the nothing, I think great art in general. It kind of ignores a lot of its like ex- uh, like point in history. Right. You know, I think a lot of cinema like that for sure. Like anybody that got a quarter movie or is do something a little bit more high-minded will tend to take things out of the current moment. Okay, so well, here's and I'm still like eight years behind. I'm I'm catching up. So I have been watching um, watching The Simpsons like consecutively up through. I think I'm up to like season twenty. Six twenty-seven. I think I just started twenty. Uh, started twenty-eight. Um, now, obviously, you know the, the the golden years, and there are some some rough years. But that show is never as bad as people make it out to be. Like even in its worst, even in its worst seasons, I would still rather watch The Simpsons than like the best seasons of Family Guy. I don't know about that. I think the first couple of seasons of Family Guy are pretty good, but the. I get what you're saying, and I think that you're right, that, like, definitely it's not as bad as people make it out to be. Yeah. But I think it's the lack of teeth that to have. Because I think that people yeah. invested a lot in The Simpsons as being the first sort of adult uh, animation that was uh, ubiquitous. Mm-hmm. I think it's also, like, kind of um, the last time that, like, you could have monoculture and counterculture in yeah. the same sort of breath. Right. And I think people are inherently nostalgic for that time where that kind of feeling doesn't persist. Now we don't have the monoculture. That's kind of hard to all put. And we also have the having been around for as long as it already was. Right. It meant that it couldn't be. Yeah. It's diminishing right. returns on the yeah, for sure. level of, of uh, critique it's able to make. Also, the the... The sort of alchemy of the people behind it, um, uh, which I do agree, it's not as much of a like distance of a gap of of ability that we're seeing in like the writing and and stuff and animation. Yeah. I I do think there is something to the, uh, but this I can't we can't blame The Simpsons for this, but I think animation wise, like with, I have my problems with the way things have gone in terms yeah. of like oh, digital sure. animation and stuff. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think. I think yeah, that's just the the changing of hands between people that like were like making a seminal work that uh, they would be associated with forever, and then passing it on to people who inevitably didn't couldn't have that same relationship with the material. Right, it was just a little bit different. But yeah, I mean, I think I think there's a lot of like uh, projection from from Gen X, particularly because <laughs> that's the you know the, the generation that had. 
the Simpsons in its uh in its heyday in its in its golden age of um and like what you what you're talking about of like both because of the Simpsons longevity and because of like just our inability to have monoculture and and so therefore to have counterculture because it requires a monoculture in the first mm-hmm. place um like that projects that failing onto the Simpsons but being removed from from that like you know like I was a I was a kid in the in the 90s I don't have like formed memories of that time culturally yeah. that I can just see it as like I know the references that they're making I can see that they're more poignant in their references before but it doesn't have a sacrosanct like uh like position for me so I can just see it as like a well-written show yeah and even though like there are a lot of a lot of duds in like uh say like 14 through 20 I would say are probably the rougher seasons of the show where they're like there are some episodes that I just straight up find no real humor in but they're even those like even in those dark years are few and far between that and episode has nothing yeah. to offer those episodes also do exist in the earlier seasons yeah. of the show too yeah for sure you know um, so uh, yeah that's a, that's a point in the camp of like it it i think you're that's the exact that's the exact distinction right is that you either see like the simpsons as something unique that should not be altered right. or you came in at a time where that wasn't a thing that you possibly could feel about it yeah and you know i i'm in more of the second camp but like whenever i have watched it and just knowing other people's connection to it right it's it it paints it in such a way i also like was of the age where, like, the people immediately older than me, uh, like, around me and stuff, had a personal connection yeah, to, for sure. to it. So I could see that happening in them. And, um, or I could see that it had, uh, they did have that connection to it. So it's like, it has that kind of, like, background radiation towards it. But none, none of that's really enough to influence my opinion, I don't think. I think it's more just, like, the earlier seasons of the Simpsons seem like something I'm unearthing by going back and watching them and like trying to see if I can like stitch together the, the way people are said to have felt about it and uh, the way I'm actually perceiving it. Mm -hmm. And I think it's one of those things that like holds up to that standard for sure greater than almost anything. Uh, Yeah. Uh, And there's also for me, there's a thing of like, there's a very like, thin tightrope of the media that I, or shows particularly, that I watch where, like, you know, I, I want it, I want things to be intelligently written. I want to have some, like, uh, some adult themes, or just not even, just like, that, that even sounds a little bit juvenile, but, um, like I want it to be smart. Like if it's comedy, I'd like it to be dry in an accessible way. Uh, but also, I the older I get, the more turned off I am by crassness. You know, by South Parks and Family Guys and those kinds oh, of yeah. like that are. Appealing to the Shinji in me, <laughs> you know that are that are appealing to the to well, the adolescent. Yeah, I think Shinji would hate himself for how uh, much he loves South Park. No, I think <laughs> he would hate himself for not liking South Park and uh, using his alienation from the rest of his classmates who are super into South Park right. as a means of of uh, again self flagellation. <laughs> uh. B- and you know I was that was that kid for a long time and part of it is like it's just not as good and their politics come to the surface more and like it happens in the Simpsons and this fucking boring liberal 
liberal politics, but as a, a exhausting and annoying as that is, it's still not as infuriating yeah. as like libertarian politics. Yeah. Well, so that's the thing too is that like it, within the like early like the 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 makeup of the early like writers of The Simpsons, mm-hmm. you've got like Schwartzwelder, who is fucking not a liberal. He's right. <laughs> an insane person. Yeah. <laughs> and like, yeah, he's basically a reactionary, right? Yeah. And you know, so like things get are a little they're a little messier in that sense, and that's kind of fun too. Right. Whereas it, it becomes like another yeah, Lisa begins to become like unambiguously correct. Like the joke with her stops being uh, that. Like, well, I guess it, it still is always that she's a scold and a fuddy duddy and like not, right. no fun. But it's like we're supposed to sympathize with her position beyond that, right? Yeah, Lisa actually comes out most of the time being my, f- and I am definitely in the minority on this. But Lisa's probably my favorite character at least of the actual simpson family i do remember liking her best when i was a kid i think i'm i think as a kid i was probably i I liked bart the most but as an as a a very young kid it was definitely bart but as a uh young adolescent contrarian Mm -hmm. it was lisa because she would like she actually had like agency whenever she disagreed with the way things were going right and um that i found like to be optimistic and or aspirational, really. I think it's for me. It's because like, uh, with Bart being the the bad kid, they can't lean too much into Bart's humanity and like his own. Like, there's only so many only so many ways they can do that to lean into yeah. his good nature. But well, with Lisa yeah. being the quote unquote good kid, they're able to explore her hypocrisy yeah. a lot more, and it's a lot more. And same with same with Marge. Yeah. Like Marge being just as flawed as Homer is in her own way is is compelling, and that's what I was kind of getting at. Like the show is smart. The show is a is adult without being crass or crude in the way that a lot of adult. I would say that Simpsons, yeah. Futurama, and King but of the Hill. But see, at the time, they were seen to be very crass. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's weird. Like. But it hasn't like snowballed. Yeah, that that effect. Yeah, they haven't tried to up the ante as right. this stuff has gotten. Yeah, I get you. And we can certainly see that in like the even like Family Guy will do it with like these weird violent bursts. Yeah, there'll be like kind of just these these flare-ups where, like, violence is just assumed and ubiquitous and, right. like, horrifying things happen to people and they usually survive and it's just nothing, not a problem. But Yeah. Um, and I think when Homer gets hurt, it's more like Looney Tunes. It's like... Right. Yeah. But, like... But then the Treehouse of Horror shit, you know... Like right, but that, they just they the, give themselves yeah. an episode a year to just... To do the, the horror thing. Right, to do... To, to have, do no, have no rules. And I guess that's good ritualistically... To like get that out, to be able to have an episode every season where there are no rules and they can just do whatever yeah. and just be violent in that in that absurd cartoony way. Because I think all of that leans towards like I don't believe in the family dynamic in Family Guy. You know, no, I mean? yeah, like I don't, it makes I, no sense. It's it like, makes no sense. I don't it's believe. It's kind of it's kind of recognizable whenever the series starts. Like it's just like this is a, uh, uh. There's obvious decline here. Yeah. Like, even comparative, like to the timeline with The Simpsons, like there, it's. I think what I mean is I don't believe that any of those characters care about each other. Even I though, think like, you again, you you did it. Uh, you would at the beginning, but Family Guy had such a transformation th- that. Like the Simpsons never had. Yeah, it was just like everything just becomes complete, like detached. You know, every everyone is alienated from everything else at, by a certain point in Family Guy. Right, everything can like anything is possible. Like there's time travel and shit. It's like, right. you know, it's there's there's a point where it just they completely jump the shark, and uh, it's just a different thing beyond that. But like in the first season it's like you believe that like lois and peter love each other you know they're kind of going for the more like fucking uh 
uh, there. I mean, it, again, it's it's reminiscent of early Simpsons, where like you don't doubt that like Homer and Marge love each other from their faults. Like the the uh, streetcar named Desire episode mm-hmm. has kind of like solidified how their relationship actually functions right. as a dynamic. It's been a long time since I watched the first couple seasons of Family Guy. I will say there, the like, it should never have been renewed. It would probably be yeah. better re- remembered if it had yep. stayed in on just in the dregs of Adult Swim at night. But I don't know that it ever. And again, I'd have to go back and watch those early seasons to it com- got to as compare. good as a like. It got as good as like a mid tier uh, Simpsons. Season four episode, you know what I mean? Which is like still pretty good. With right. Like the yeah, like the emotional beats were there, but it definitely didn't have as much to say and was never quite as clever. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, at least that's that's how I see it. The uh, I will say that like American Dad, I think is in general a better show than Family Guy. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, because it never has to exist in this place where it is in that nascent stage of being like trying to be like in some way genuine it right. like is satire from the jump street and it yeah. never pretends to be anything else and tries to like push those buttons instead of right yeah trying to make you care um trying to f- i can't think of anything else um that I like any I can't think of any new games that I've I've played. I've played uh well no, I played Wonder and Odyssey both this year, so those don't those don't count quite yet. Um Well I did inscription and I didn't that came yeah, out in twenty twenty one that's and fair. I didn't play till January. Um Yeah, I I've talked to you about this off camera, and we will get to the show in just as just a minute. I won't have as much to say about this as I do the Simpsons, but I I really enjoyed um, I really enjoyed Odyssey. That was like uh, just uh, so the you know. And Miyamoto has talked about this of like every new Mario game, they try to have a new mechanic that they kind of like build the game around. And this time it was the the Cappy thing. Um, yeah, that was kind of, I thought the weak point. Like the yeah, so it's like it's great when it's great, but there's a lot of times that it's just like it doesn't add enough. It doesn't feel yeah. cool enough. Yeah, it's it, like Cappy is not a fun character either. Like right. It's just kind of like he's a hat. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he doesn't have like traits. You know what I mean? Like, right. what is Cappy's deal? What does he want? Right. You know? Like, Wario wants to win. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and get f- gold. And fucking... And I feel like Cappy being the only, like, um, of offensive mechanism is probably the weakest point of the game for me. Like, there's sometimes when it's, like, cool, but sometimes when it's, like... And I would really love to just shoot the thing with this thing with the fireball and not have to like take over it and then yeah. and, and, you know and do all this all this stuff. But um, yeah, I think the at its most f- they never did enough with the things that you uh, uh, possess. You know. Yeah. It's always like it's just a mechanic that gets you from A to B, and it's never like in as cool a way as you may hope. Yeah. Sometimes it's it's pretty cool, like the T Rex shit. That was fun. Yeah. But. Yeah, Serena just made cookies. Yeah, she's the best. Um, this plate of cookies brought to you by Serena. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, Dan's coughing up stuff. And uh, and but as a huge fan of. Of 2D Mario, because we're basically just like just reskinning Mario 64 over and over again at this point in in the 3D 3D space. Although, like, there are some. I yeah, think I mean, the most they're interesting 2D Mario do. See that that has been the thing, but I think Wonder finally broke that trend. And I will say about Odyssey that like 
Well, it's the same. It's the same loop, though, isn't it? It's just you're you're going from left to right, and you're well, avoiding yeah. obstacles. You're platforming. You're right. Enemies. Um. So, I will say about Odyssey, though, that the um, like the world design is really fun and and interest and interesting in that oh, in that game. Yeah. Um and um a lot of a lot of questions about um what Mario is given the uh <laughs> the existence of New Dog City. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's very uh it's very upsetting, honestly. Honestly, yeah. I think he's He's a uh, he's like a Kirby like character, mm-hmm. you know. He just is. He yeah. just sort of is like a celestial being. He kind of split off from a star somewhere. But that would explain Mario Galaxy. I think a little bit more because what the fuck is going on in Mario Galaxy? I don't know. I never never beat it. It's I my, never, it's I my least played Mario game ever. Yeah, but they're apparently some of the best. Like the yeah, that's right here. But it I also don't. says you are Mr. Gay in the title. <laughs> yeah, have you heard that? No. Okay, so like in both <laughs> in both titles <laughs> for the <laughs> for Super Mario Galaxy games like they have highlighted the letters uh you are Mr. Gay and then it's like uh in the second one it's like some some way that it answers that. Uh, uh Jamie, if we could pull that up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Uh fucking So like the the Baseline game of of wonder is your standard two D Mario game, but it does this cool thing in each level where you get this special item, like your collect your collectible, which that in itself is is kind of a new thing for two D Mario that it is that it has like a um well they're called wonder they're called wonder seeds, but it has like its own version of a star or a sprite or a moon. Like, usually, you know, it's just one, point A to point B, get the, get the flag, blah, 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 advance through. Actually having things you have to collect to unlock higher levels and things uh, is a new thing in a 2D Mario space. But uh, you get one in the middle of the level, and it completely changes the game design of the level. And it's always something, something different. Like, sometimes... Um, like it's goes into like a a shadow world like everything is just silhouette including you so you don't know like where things are sometimes it just it's a complete blackout and you're just like trying to get through um just on like just a little beam of light sometimes it's like pipes come to life it's just it always like just fucks up the environment for a minute in a really like fun and unique unique way that uh keeps it being within the Mario space but also allows it to do well I don't know 50 different however many levels are on the game like different things with the with the playstyle and yeah and all of that um, like I said before, like I, I genuinely think that Mario, coming from a 2D platformer space, I think that all 3D Mario games are missing something fundamental to like the game design. Although a lot of them do something fun with it, but also all of the adv- advancement in the series has been happening in 3D space while. The 2D games have just been reskins, basically. So for there to finally be something, uh, something fresh in the 2D space is, I don't know, as a fan of 2D platformers, it makes me hopeful that we can actually like have interesting 2D platformers yeah. again. Well, I mean, the 3D ones tend to like add an element each time. It just, I think, with Odyssey, that is like. That we've talked about already that being like the weakest element that's been added to a 3D one. But like uh, Flood in uh, Sunshine, I think demonstrably changed the way you'd like, uh, you know, interact with a game. I think that uh, in uh, Galaxy, it was specifically the like, uh, 
the gravity of the of the areas that you'd be in. You would m- manipulate things based on like every celestial body has its own gravity and like certain platforming elements would, you know, th- things that could only be done in a 3D space. Right. I think that's why it was so heralded. Um, no, that's what I, that's what I yeah. mean. Like the 3D games have all done something interesting. Yeah. With like with the mechanics. Oh, this is the first time a 2D has been able to to do something new in a yeah. very very long time. That's fair, because yeah, like New Super Mario Bros. was kind of like uh, interesting in that it was just taking the previous version of the like iteration yeah. of the game and making it updated. Like it was like here's the same thing, and then Here, Mario Maker did the same thing, where right. it's like okay, this exact method of play, but in any way that you could possibly imagine. The new yeah, the new series is just like what are the things people remember about the classic four. One through three and world, and just distilling those down into yeah. like their most bare essence mm-hmm. and putting 3D models on them. Like, and they're Which, all well, that was a weird choice to me. Yeah, like they're all the same game with nothing. It's like it's so, uh, it's so tropey and so distilled that it has no soul to it. Like, if, uh, even yeah, though it doesn't have the same kind of grist that, like, any other iteration of Mario has, where yeah. it has its own very clear aesthetic. It feels like they just sort of whitewashed it. It feels like early area era uh, fucking um, uh, CG renderings of things where everything is smooth, nothing has texture, really. Yeah. It's that kind of feeling. I mean, Mario has no teeth to begin with, but yeah. like that is just like nubs. But anyway, speaking of nubs... Speaking of nubs... We're going to... Well, we got flippers because we're going twenty thousand digi leagues under the sea. Um, you already told us about Jules Verne. What's what's going to happen? Oh, uh, so yeah. Um, uh, in a in a ill advised and uh, poorly safety checked excursion out into the middle of the ocean, uh, the digi destined are going to uh, commission a submarine that is going to take them many fathoms uh both below and across the uh, ocean floor hmm. or down to the ocean floor and um uh in doing so their uh pressure will not maintain due to the lack of safety concerns and their uh bodies and vessel will be immediately uh and violently uh exploded by <laughs> Uh, I guess imploded by the the various uh, pressures, uh, or I guess the, you know the all-consuming pressure of the uh, depths of the ocean. And it sounds like a Digimon episode to me. Yep. Well, we're gonna go find out, and we will be right back. And welcome back to the Podmon Show, talking about the Podmon. Uh, Talking about the Podmon. <laughs> Talking about the Podmon. All about the all about the Podmon. Uh, we started Media Res, which is uh, yeah, always strange. Always f- fun to see them actually kind of play around with structure and form a, a little bit. Um, the kids are trapped in an offshore oil rig in yeah. the digital world, <laughs> like uh, you'd expect. Right. Yeah. Of course. <clears throat> but you know, like like. I mean, this show could have just taken a really far left turn and they were sabot- sabotaging. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <coughs> but no, they're trapped in an oil rig with uh, Mega Seedramon is patrolling outside. Ikagumon, don't you understand? These are the machines they use to rape the Earth. <laughs> we have to destroy them. Um, yeah, he's just, he's just biding his time, waiting on them to to run out of air, basically, and, yeah. and die. Uh, we... So we get our, f- we don't waste too much time, though, like, no. we, ha- we we have no time to, like, even, like, parse it out ourselves. Just immediately, we just get a flashback of, they found a new Digi-Egg. Yeah, Cody Cody is, like, describing the events and it kind of flashes back as, as he's describing what, yeah, yeah. what up to these. Uh, it's like, it's like how did we get here? Here's exactly how we got here. <laughs> That's me. You'll never guess how I got in this scenario. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, they there's a new digi egg that they were searching for, and there was it was pinging at the rig, so they went and searched for it. Uh, Mega Seedramon trapped them inside, and um, he he flooded the oil rig, 
They hit the emergency shutoff valve, which keeps out the water, but also the air, and so they are on a limited air supply um, as they try to find a solution before either they just suffocate or the giant sea dragon outside uh, breaks through and kills them. So they find, um, well, they find an escape pod, basically, um, but it only fits one person, so everyone suggests that Cody should go, but he doesn't want to, uh, because he's, he's scared of the, scared of the water, so he thinks that everyone's just trying to get him to face his fears, but also probably because, like, they're afraid that he's gonna go, his fear of, of, like, drowning and dying under, at the bottom of the ocean is going to drive him mad first, and he's gonna end up, like, making it worse worse for them like killing them getting them all all killed somehow <laughs> i think they're they're just worried about him cuz he's the youngest and they just want him out of the fucking pressure cooker yeah maybe i was uh, hoping that that was the case anyway <laughs> i mean it's uh, we've talked about this before it it's him being the youngest really never comes up or has relevance in the way that it did with tk in the first season it's only when it's convenient to the yeah. to the plot that's true um, but Cody doesn't want to want to go, so Yoli suggests that they draw straws. So, uh, <laughs> so Yoli has her straws, and this is my favorite part of the episode. Yeah. Uh, so Davis is like, "Okay, I'll go first. and then I think it's TK nudges him out of the way. Yeah, somebody. I think it's TK or Kari nudges. Davis out, or yeah, Davis out of the way. He's like, no, Cody should go first. It has to be Cody first. Cody draws a straw. It's well, it's not shorter. It's painted red at the at the bottom at the base. Yeah. So, um, hey, wait a second. Yeah, and then Cody knocks all the straws out of Yoli's hand. They all had red at the in, at the tip of them. It was it was so a trick it's a to conspiracy, make conspiracy, huh? <laughs> right. You're all against me. My grandpa warned me about people like you, <laughs> modernists. We should bring back the emperor. <laughs> oh, man. But uh, Davis and Vimon were the only ones not in on it. I'm not even sure if, like, Armadillomon wasn't in on this whole yeah. plan. <laughs> but, yeah, we never miss an opportunity to shit on Vimon and, uh, and Davis. So they send Cody to find Joe. Uh Cody makes it back to the real world. He tries to call Joe, but Joe's phone is off. Um, so, so, and then, and here's where we get to un- uh, unpack, like, Cody's grandfather. So, Co- Cody runs into his mom, yeah. <laughs> who asks him to run some errands, and Cody says he can't, he's too busy. And his mom's like, why? Like, I don't like you keeping secrets from me. What's yeah. going on? What's going and on? his grandpa's like, leave him alone. Ooh. Like if he doesn't want to tell doesn't want to tell you, then he's gonna have to lie to you, and there's nothing worse than telling a lie. A lie would there's be so much worse than keeping a secret from you. Yeah, there's nothing worse than telling there's a lie. Is he? He's just getting in his face. <laughs> You're like, we will never forgive you. Right, yeah. <laughs> if you tell a lie, there's nothing worse. <laughs> he says. Yeah. Not one thing. Yeah. There's that's. I mean, that's just a turn of phrase, I guess. But like, as a child. Right, hearing yeah. that, you're like, "There's nothing." Worse. Well, clearly, we see it with Cody later on yeah. in the episode. He's still like in tears. Um, so, so back with the kids waiting. Uh, Armadillomon's just chill. Like he has total faith in in Cody that he's going to fix this. So, so much that he's just like, "Y'all can use my back to play a game of checkers if you want." <laughs> Um, Armachillamon, more like. Yeah, exactly. And you know, okay, even though we'll obviously never see it, even just the fact that the show is willing to be like, uh, yeah, these kids are totally going to die from a lack of oxygen. Like, it's not just implied. It's basically just, like, (laughs) stated, like... They're getting loopy from oxygen (laughs) deprivation. They're just laughing at shit. Right. Which is kind of a great way to go out, honestly. Right, for sure. Yeah. (laughs) Just, like, why are are they laughing so much? (laughs) Like, why are they they so silly? And, uh... Yeah. (laughs) And fucking, uh... 
Gatomon is just like yeah. Gatomon explains humor as an existential cope. Yeah, in a way that only she can. <laughs> they're just they're just doing it to try and hide the dark <laughs> truth at the center of all right. consciousness. <laughs> kind of like when I <laughs> cover up my business in the cat box. Right. It's like okay, okay. <laughs> Oh. That's going to feel different, <laughs> cleaning cat <laughs> boxes from now on. Yeah. Litter is just our way of, of coping with the existential cope of mortality that is yeah. our poop, <laughs> or vice versa. Yeah, life is just suffering. It's basically like the shit in a cat box. <laughs> right. The only thing that you can do is cover it up in something less heinous and then dispose of it. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so, so t- okay, TK. By the way, I have to pee down here. <laughs> I hope you guys like ammonia. So TK grabs a pickaxe from somewhere. From somewhere, <laughs> you know how you keep a pickaxe in your. Just in case you're like an old fashioned. If you're a luddite and you work on an oil rig, right. they just give you a pickaxe and send you to the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> but he grabs a pickaxe from fucking somewhere and starts digging on the floor. Of a highly pressurized oil <laughs> rig <laughs> for the digi egg, yeah. which thank well thank God they find it and thank God that a they didn't like crack the damn thing yeah and b didn't like cut through the f- the floor and just like implode basically yeah. like or just like immediately all the pressure would just like suck out yeah so i don't know it would rush in wouldn't it yeah because it'd be going from high pressure to low right would it go in or out time will tell right <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> but uh yeah no and also very lucky that it's a an aquatic themed digi egg mm-hmm. uh digi armor yeah. evolution so yeah, Which, w- yeah, we'll get there. We're about we're about to get there because Kakumon is here, but he can't defeat Mega Seedramon without no. digivolving to Zudomon. Uh, and C- Joe and Cody show up to save the day in our old buddy Waymon. Mm-hmm. Always good to see him. Glad yeah. to see he's back. Uh, Cody refuses to get the digi egg because it's his fault that. They're all down there in the first place. Yeah. Which, like, okay, dude, I get you, <laughs> but, like... that's And and Davis, of all people, points this out, like, I didn't just almost fucking die <laughs> for you to be like, no thanks, but no thanks. Like, yeah. okay, sure, it's your fault, but we're here yeah. now, so it's a complete waste if you just, like, fuck off now. Which, yeah, again, um, seems like it's a... Just a, a function of being Japanese that... whenever life-threatening circumstances come it's one of your like natural reactions to just be like no i'm a piece of shit i can't save the day of course i can't right even though i'm the only one that can (laughs) uh and but then cody's we get to the heart of it really cody doesn't feel reliable because he lied and his grandfather told him there's nothing worse than telling a lie (laughs) cody my dude your grandfather served hirohito in the war enthusiastically (laughs) (laughs) do you know how many manchurians are are dead right now (laughs) because of your granddad (laughs) you gotta you gotta leave it alone (laughs) um but also, Joe is like quick with the <laughs> like no, lying is good. Okay, actually, your granddad's a fucking idiot. <laughs> 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 right? Turns out, uh, yeah. Which I appreciate that kind of talk. Your grandfather is imperialist swine. <laughs> Cody. <laughs> yeah. L- lying is lying is good. Actually, <laughs> that's what the Western world has taught us Japanese. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so. Uh, so Cody gives in. Uh, d- Armadillomon Armadigivolves to Samarimon, the reliable guardian of the sea, and his five voices. And he's straight up just yeah. a submarine. He is just a submarine. This is like to the extent that Cody like rides gets, in him. just rides in him. Yeah, he's like a mix between like a uh, snowmobile and and a uh, submarine. I guess yeah. he is just like a one person submarine. It does yeah. exist now. He's yeah. one of those. Yeah. Uh. This is like easily the most environmentally specific digivolution yeah. in both seasons. Like yeah, Ikakumon and Zudomon are water based yeah. 
but like they can be other places. They can be other places. Like he is just straight up just a, just a submarine. submarine. He has no utility unless he can magically fly, which I can't remember if he can or not. I, I hope he can for his own sake. Right. He has no utility outside <laughs> of the outside of the water. It's like. <laughs> He also sucks, like in terms of his personality. Yeah. His vibe, even though like his accent, it sounds like he has foreign language syndrome. <laughs> right. <laughs> like he has like a hit on the head, and then he woke up speaking with a Chinese <laughs> accent. Um, or his his approximation of what that sounds like. He uh, yeah, he also just kind of doesn't add anything to the. You know what I mean? To the dynamic, he's not like. Yeah. He's not a goof in a fun way. Right. Like some of the other Digimon are. He's S- not a Vmon, if you will. So, well, we're about to the end of the end of the episode. Uh, Samarimon and Ikakumon beat Mega Seedramon, who I guess is either not the same one we fought last season, or is just chill now because he just yeah. he goes off. Um, I think he was pissed to be in the material world. Yeah, he's probably yeah. I mean, Milesmon's not around anymore to pay him, so it's like yeah. uh, whatever. A job's a job. <laughs> um, but Ken's not worried about it. He's He's got his own uh, his own plans that he's working through, and we're like two episodes away from the finale of the arc, so you know we're building up towards yeah. towards that, and that's the the end of the episode. This is one of those like classic like uh, kid shows of the era where like we're not in a pl- any kind of plot area, so like the <laughs> the main villain of the season only shows up at the beginning and the end just right. to kind of like be like. Well, this will be a good idea, <laughs> maybe. Right, yeah. And then, like, oh, shit. Um, we fucked up. Okay, before you do uh, quotes, now that we have all eight of our armors, well, I guess let's just do the do the new ones. Yeah. Um, where do you rank Ragermon, Shurimon, and Samarimon against oh. each other? Um, you know, I'm actually going to say Shurimon top, Ragermon. Samarimon. Yeah. Are you okay? Yeah. Uh, I think I'd I'd personally flip Ragermon and Shurimon. Yeah. Um, I see that. I almost said that, but Shurimon got it for me in the end. Um, I just like the, the mechanic of him. It's like spring ninja. It's just yeah. kind of fun. Um, against their previous forms, like Ragermon versus Flamedramon, Shurimon versus Halsamon, uh, Armad- or Samarimon versus Digmon. I mean, I think, oh man, actually, yeah, I would say Ragermon over Flamedramon. I would definitely say that. Um, which is weird because like Flamedramon is like kind of the, the iconic sort right. of, yeah, the one that they clearly thought would be like the, the fan favorite. Yeah. Um, and then I'd say uh, definitely Shurimon over uh, House Yeah, Mon. that one's no, easy. No question. And definitely fucking Digmon over Samarimon. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Samarimon sucks. I don't like it. Yeah. I'd be like, do it again. <laughs> this is bad. <laughs> you did a bad one. All right. So with, with that out of the way, uh, what are some quotes from this episode? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, we like I said, we open on the brooding uh, villain for the series mm-hmm. in the Digimon Emperor talking with Wormmon, his little toady, uh, and he says, uh, <laughs> uh, or Wormmon says to uh, the Digimon Emperor, "What are you going to do with those ch- kids, Master?" <laughs> <laughs> it's just very. Uh, it's upsetting. It makes me think that like maybe Epstein had like a toady. Do you think he had like a Torgo that he? <laughs> he ordered around. It's just like <laughs> oh, I don't know. He's he's cleaning whatever. Yeah, I don't want to get into that. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, uh, when Yoli is trying to assuage blame uh, uh, away from herself, she um, uh, whenever they're doing the the drawing straws mm-hmm. um, thing. She <laughs> she tries to give herself a pass by saying, uh, the color was so pretty, I just couldn't stop coloring. Right. Whenever they're all the same color. Yeah. Uh, also, Vimon and uh, Davis being like, everyone knew but us. 
like how did they not it's it's weird like you've got Cody's in this world where uh they are like so self-effacing that it's like a single lie told in obvious like uh, uh, benevolence right. to his mother is enough to make him like weep and not accept a, another mystical power that he's being yeah. given. Um, but Davis is like perpetually being shit on and is never questioning his place <laughs> yeah. in like his legitimacy in the group, right? Or wondering if his friends hate him. It's yeah, it's insane. Um, Let's see. Uh, there's nothing worse than telling a lie. Uh, that's good. That one's going in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> uh, sort of like I do in the cat box. That's another good one. Um, oh, yeah. And then finally at the end, we had two good ones from Wormon. And it makes me think that there's maybe somebody in the writer's room that's like, this is a weird sub-dom relationship, <laughs> is it not? Uh <laughs> Usually you would have smashed something <laughs> like me. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Don't smash me, Digi Emperor. Oh, I'm such a bug. <laughs> don't, don't step on me. <laughs> don't step on me with your powerful feet. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. He's very. Uh, he's a worm. He's a little worm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's very much a little worm. Um. Okay, we'll impacting that for the rest of the season. Um, <laughs> Mega Seedramon. Mega Seedramon. Uh, it's just Seedramon with the mask on. It's it's the it's the uh, I don't know. It's the Clark Kent to Superman of of tra- transformations. Except the, uh, instead of taking <laughs> right. glasses off, he puts on a mask. Yeah, I feel like the v- villain of this season is. The writers? Uh, not the season. <laughs> this episode is humanity's blatant and offensive lack of gills. Yeah, they're always running out of breath and shit. Right, and being submerged to uh, to quote a classic "Does it science" episode. Uh, yeah, just like they're just the fact that they're going to drown and die feels like more of the actual like threat of the episode with just Mega Seedramon just kind of like looming in the background as a manifestation of that fear, but, like, he himself obviously doesn't really have any personality or anything, doesn't really interact with the kids in any compelling way. So I guess it's, like, if it's just Mega Seedramon on his own merits, Mm -hmm. then he'd probably be pretty low to me. If it's Mega Seedramon as that, like, physical manifestation, because we have to have a monster to fight... Yeah, I do like that it's like th- we have we open in meteor res we're already in conflict with the monster it makes you like wonder how we got in these weird circumstances. Right. Um and just the fact that like it is a giant sea beast a lot of Mega Seedramon's design is doing a lot for him in mm-hmm. general. That's kind of what got the original Seedramon pretty high in the list. Yeah. Anyway, um but yeah, I, I would say like hmm what do you wh- B feels good to me. I could feel I could feel a B. I could feel a B. <laughs> <laughs> um and so this episode is an interesting one. Um because like our conflict resolution, largely because Samarimon's kind of meh and the fight wasn't much of of yeah. anything either. I do like the like little Akakumon comparatively fighting the big yeah. Mega Seedramon is fun. But it also makes like the scene in the city a little more confusing because they were like the same size then, were they not? Uh, I know Zudomon was basically his size, but, uh, you know, again, uh, data bites and, and things. He could be... Bits and bites and gleep glorps. Bits and bites it. and gleep glorps. He could just be bigger here. Anything's possible in the digital world. It's been three years. He's put on some weight. Uh, he's he's grown since then. Who knows? Um, God, you did a, an impression of Cody earlier, and it, it helped me crack it too. <laughs> it, it's like <laughs> it's wild how that works. Right. <coughs> it's an old smoker going through puberty. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> Dad, did you get me any cigarettes? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what's what's our egg? What's our egg? Yeah, ah, that's a good egg. This good is egg. Yeah. A good egg. 
Didn't blow my mind. It wasn't bad. I'm good. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, I think it definitely, like, if Samarimon hadn't sucked, if, like, Mega Seedra, if there had been some way that they had, like, combined the threat with, like, the threat. Yeah. Um, you know what the Digimon should be doing more, the Antagamon? Yeah. They should be... They should be threatening and ridiculing the the kids more. Yeah. And I'm not saying this as a sadist. I'm saying <laughs> this as, like, that's the one way that a villain can actually compellingly interact with uh, a protagonist right. in a kid's show. Yeah. It's by sort of, like, using that to embody the conflict. Because if they're not going to, like, be a threat to your life, they're, they can be, like, sort of a threat to your person or your... And it could connect overall to, like, the, the, the conflict within the characters. Right. But I do think that, like, if if it had done those things better, the fact that we, even just doing in media res and just messing with the the formula and structure a little bit and that the prim- primary threat of the episode wasn't uh, immediately a, a monster and we got some great cat poop existentialism from yeah. Gatomon would have put it up in a Fabergé. Oh, yeah. But... The flaws bring it down, but I I would agree to a to a good egg. Um, so yeah, that's that's this episode, and next week we will watch episode seventeen, Ghost of a Chance. Hear you then, chance. and goodbye. <laughs>